You are listening to the Salty Catholic Podcast. I am your guest host, Polaris Shockey. I'm salty not just because Jesus said you are the salt of the earth, but I'm salty because husbands and fathers have fallen from grace in today's world, and we all suffer because of it. Now to be clear, I don't want to make this the three millionth podcast out there proclaiming the obvious statement that men need to be more holy and step up. I'll probably only get one shot in my entire life to guest host a worldwide podcast phenomenon like the Salty Catholic. And I certainly don't intend to waste my chance recycling the same tired tropes you've heard a million times about men. Instead, I want to make this episode a one of a kind by bringing you into a very personal space for me. My life as a husband and a father. Why I sucked at it for so long. How God woke my salty behind up to what he wanted me to be. And the joys that living as the salty husband and father God intended have brought into my life. So buckle up and let's get salty. <laughs> You may be wondering who the heck I am. Who is this nasally guy who took over for Ennis? And why doesn't he sound as salty? First off, no one will ever be as salty as Ennis. That guy is saltier than Lot's wife. A little Old Testament humor for you guys. But since you don't know me, allow me to introduce myself and explain why this topic is so personal to me. 16 years ago, I married my high school sweetheart, Laura. Since then, she and I have been blessed to bring 10 beautiful children into this world together. She did most of the hard work. And we're expecting our 11th child this summer. Whoa, 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 hit the back button. Did this freak show just say he had 11 kids? No wonder Ennis wants him to host this salty father episode. Well, that may be why Ennis asked me to do this. But if you thought that is the reason that this topic is so near and dear to my heart, you'd actually be wrong. I speak passionately about husbands and fathers, not because I'm married with 11 kids, but because once upon a time, I messed this up in a big way. And now that I've seen the light, albeit far from perfect, I can't help but look back and wish someone had given me this message long, long ago. If you are a husband or a father that's lost his taste, my hope is that this episode can be that salty wake-up call for you, lest you be trampled on underfoot, as our Lord would say. Today, not a day goes by when my wife, Laura, doesn't thank me for leading our family, for being an amazing husband, for being an amazing father. But I wasn't always worthy of those compliments. So let's get after it. When I look back at my failures as a husband and a father, I made plenty of mistakes. But the three key areas I regret the most, that hurt my family the most, were one, not being present, two, being a man of the world and not a man of God, and three, not being a leader. Let's start with not being present. Before I got married, I had a huge circle of friends and every hobby in the book. Soccer team, poker nights, video games, lion season tickets, and endless invitations to hang out with my boys. Now don't get me wrong, Laura was a big part of my life, but that's just it. She was just a part of it. And when we got married, I didn't think that was supposed to change in any way. I had my life, and Laura and the kids were a part of my life. I don't have to give you the details to tell you how that went. Endless no-win situations came from that arrangement. Either I was leaving my family behind to do my own thing, or I was staying home with my family, but resenting them for every moment I was missing out on what I really wanted to be doing. This was a vicious and awful cycle. Thank God we're out of that now, but more on that in a minute. Second, I was a man of the world. What I mean by this is I bought the world's view of manliness, hunk, line, and sinker. You know the type of guy I'm talking about. Cocky, goofy, prideful, partier, condescending, macho, loud. All right, I'm still pretty loud. But I look back at that guy in disgust now. 
I'm often being honest, I don't think I ever stood a chance. From school to the movies I watched, to the music I listened to, to the stars that I admired. When I look back, I followed the playbook that was put in front of me so far as I can remember. All I had in my life as role models and influences were men of the world. Outside of that passive parish priest, which I only saw on Christmas and Easter anyway, there were no men of God in my life. And when I did stumble across one, they were usually super weird and out of touch. Definitely not someone I was going to be hanging out with or had anything in common with. Third, and maybe most painful to me, I didn't lead my family. Looking back on the man I was back then, there were so many ways I could have led my family that I fell short. But nothing, nothing hurts me more than my neglect in leading them to Christ. I know now that my primary responsibility as a husband and a father is to make my family holy and get my wife and children to heaven. I neglected that role for years. Outsourcing the lead role of faith to my wife while I rattled off a few empty prayers before bedtime and sat in the pews daydreaming. Without God grabbing me by the collar and waking me up to what he was counting on me to do, I'd still be in that depressed and anxious haze. And there's no telling what would become me of my family. Wow, Pilar, you're the worst guy ever. Settle down. I wasn't great by any means. But that's just it. That's kind of the scary part. I was far from the worst guy ever. I had a good job, was well-respected by my friends and family, was married to the woman of my dreams, and even went to church every single Sunday. But even while I was successful in so many ways, I never saw how much of a failure I was in the things that actually mattered. No one did. See, the bar is set so low for success these days that so many men walk around thinking they've got it all together. And, worse yet, everyone around them affirms that belief. Never mind that Men are constantly anxious, borderline depressed, constantly scared of failure, and feel alone in the crowded room almost every day. Men don't talk about those things after all, though. You got your stuff together. Well, I hate to break it to you, brother, but another promotion or a bowling title or that sports car you've been eyeballing, put in the driveway, they can't make those feelings go away. And you don't feel that way because you haven't hit your career goals. You don't feel that way because you've put on some extra weight. You don't feel that way because you haven't had a vacation in a while and have been working so much. You don't feel that way because money is a little tight right now. You feel that way for one reason and one reason only. Because you don't know God. You feel that way because there's a part of you full of potential and you feel it. You know it's there. But it's a pit in your stomach that has been there since puberty that you refuse to water with the graces that God has to offer. So it just sits there and makes you nauseous. Take it from me. I've been there. So how'd I get out of that place? I met some incredible men. Men that I had a lot of common with. Men that I liked hanging out with and spending time with. Men like me in almost every way except one. They loved Jesus. I didn't even know men like that existed. Their conversations would seamlessly transition from fantasy football to the assumption of Mary to ripping on your new haircut. Guys, I had never seen that before. Now don't get me wrong. These weren't perfect men. But there were a few obvious things that stood out to me almost immediately about them. They were joyful and they were authentic. These guys were real. They weren't acting. There was no competition or jockeying for position or hierarchy amongst them. These were the real deal, authentic men just being themselves. They were comfortable in their own skin. This was new to me. My whole life I had been in constant competition, constantly needing to prove myself in every group I was ever in. But there was none of that here. These guys were just real and they were joyful. Man, were they joyful. To this day, some of the funniest guys I've ever been around. Every time. And I mean, every time I was with them, I'd laugh so hard I would cry. And they wouldn't let just anything get to them either. They had things going on, trials in their lives. We all do. 
but they never complained about them. I mean, shoot, I get a hangnail, I complain to anyone who listens. But these guys? No, no. They took life's best punches in stride. And they get stressed out, like any of us would, but they didn't let the stresses in their life steal their joy. Up to that point, I was a slave to my stress and my anxiety. Man, I wanted what they had. It was real. It was authentic. It was joyful. And I'll be honest. At first, I didn't know if it was the chicken or the egg. Whereas these guys this way because they had gotten their life or were they always this way and they just happened to have gotten their life? What I realized over time is it didn't really matter. I just knew I liked being around them. And wouldn't you know, they started to rub off on me. Being around those men made me realize I wanted more friends like that in my life. The more I surrounded myself with men like that, the quieter the world got in my ears. Something was rubbing off. And for the first time in my life, I could hear God knocking at my heart. Pilar, you want more out of life, don't you? Pilar, what do you have to lose? Let me in. Pilar, I've been waiting for you your entire life. Come home to me. But for a long while, even though I could hear God knocking, there was another voice inside me keeping me away. Pilar, you're not as good as these men. You're not as holy as them. With the things you've done, you'll be exposed. You had your chance and you turned away. God could never love you now. I now know those voices were demonic. The liar, the accuser doing anything he could to keep me away from reaching my full potential as a man of God. And for good reason. He saw my potential, and I'm sure I terrified him. But even though I was too weak and scared to let God in, Jesus never gave up on me. And one day, based on a set of circumstances that I know he put in place for me, I found myself reluctantly walking into an adoration chapel for the first time in my life. And it was in that chapel my life changed on a dime. Jesus quite literally grabbed me by the collar, pulled me in tight, and said, My child, where have you been? I have been waiting for you. Because Ennis has limited me to 15 minutes today, I'll spare you the details. But I share this story in the first episode of the Catholic Avengers podcast, so you can go check that out. The point is, my life changed that day. I met Jesus in a very real way, and nothing has ever been the same. That day led me to regular adoration. That led me to daily mass. The liturgy led me to scripture, then confession, then ministry. And through that journey, I became a real man, a man of God. All because I met a few men who loved Jesus. Who are those men in your life? Can you be that man for someone else? When everything changed for me, that once absent husband and father turned into a man who stopped living for his own comforts and selfishness and looked at the cross for what it meant to truly love. I shifted from maximizing comfort and avoiding pain to embracing sacrifice and dying to myself for the sake of my family's holiness and happiness, reminding myself constantly that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for his friends. I went from playing a role every day, thinking I had to impress the world, to realizing I was perfect in God's eyes. I stopped pretending and started living, and for the first time in my life, the pressure was off. I could be my authentic self. Wouldn't you know it, my marriage soared, my career took off, my spiritual life blossomed, and the guy who was once prioritizing Calvin Johnson over Jesus on Sundays was now stepping into the breach to be a light to the world of what God was capable of. The man who was once in the shadows as his wife dragged the family to church was now leading the family in rosaries and ending date nights with my wife at adoration. The kids who used to cry about going to Mass were hanging up pictures of saints in their room and begging me to read them the Bible. The things that used to keep me up all night now seemed trivial and silly. I learned to let go and let God. To stop trying to plan every moment of my life in minute detail and started offering up my existence to one ultimate goal, to love God with all my heart. Now with that commitment came peace. With that relationship with Jesus came joy. And I finally had what I wanted 
when I saw those men the first time. This new perspective that I had allowed me to leave the idols of my past in the past and worship only God. And with that came order in my life. And with that order came love, authentic, holy, salty love. A love that my children feel when I bless them before bed. A love that my wife feels when I hold her hand at Mass. A love that I can pass on to my family just by being present. A love that goes from the cross, through my heart, into my home, and then out to the world as a light to the world of what a true man of God can do. My hope for you who are listening to this podcast is that you make the decision to experience that salty love in your home. If you're anything like I was, you're yearning for it. You're yearning for that flavor in your life, but you're too afraid to make that leap. Take that leap, my brothers and sisters. Take that leap, and I promise you, you will be greeted with the same words I heard when I finally tasted that saltiness of God's love. My child, where have you been? I've been waiting for you your whole life. I have called you by name. You are mine. Thank you all for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. But even if you didn't, it's not really my podcast, so I kind of don't care. Just as long as you listen to the best podcast that ECRC has out there, The Catholic Avengers with Bilar Shaggy and Jeff Kassab. Apparently there's another podcast out there, something, I don't know, by Sean A.R. called The Right to Be Catholic, whatever. I haven't heard of it. Many good things, I guess, but they told me I have to mention it, so there you go. Anyway, please pray for me and my family as I will be praying for yours. I love you all. Have a great day and be salty. <laughs>